0: back to another episode of the Church is Messy podcast. I'm Svea Mary, and glad to be joined by Pastor Rick Henderson. And glad to be here again. We're, uh, we've got the opportunity to talk about week two of our yeah. Look Up series. Let's jump in. So this was a fun one. Okay. And, and I'm not sure, I mean, fun you wouldn't necessarily think of from the title, because we're talking about looking up mm-hmm. in the midst of fear and anxiety and worry. Absolutely. And you took us to a story in the Old Testament to mm-hmm. help flesh this concept out a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, and a story about a woman who you might not typically think as someone would be the, the, the hero of, of dealing with fear or anxiety or worry. And even an example
1: of leadership.
0: Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. but it was a great message and a great story to look at.
1: So we're talking about Rahab,
0: and tell us why you chose Rahab as your example to look to for well, someone I fi- who
1: I find her story inspiring. I mean, this is a woman; she has no connection uh, with God's people. There's, there's actually, there's nothing in her life that would say, "Well, yeah, this lady, she's going to kind of intuitively understand what God is up to in the world." Oh, sure, and yet. Uh, she's heard about she and everybody else in the city of Jericho where, where she was employed. Um, maybe she's a kind of a business owner, right? Uh, <laughs> of
0: sorts. <laughs> of sorts, yeah.
1: She's got an inn. I'm, there are people spending the night. She is She is a prostitute. I, I don't understand how all of that worked in her world, how much of that maybe she's making food for people. I don't – she's – will you forgive me here? I mean she is – in the service industry right (laughs) and i'm not trying to make a joke but i mean she's in the service industry i mean her home is a kind of hotel there's probably food involved i don't know what all is involved i don't know if she has people working for her
0: actually to be fair i have read it said in some places that maybe rahab as the prostitute is a little bit unfair to her there are some theories that she really should be called an innkeeper sure and you sure. know maybe wasn't living quite as uh, depraved a lifestyle as she has a reputation for.
1: But let's say that she was a prostitute, right? Let's just don't let's don't let that be the thing that we see her as, mm. okay? Especially remembering uh, what a vulnerable state women would have been in the ancient Near East if they did not have a father who was able to provide or. Um, uh, a husband who was able to provide, or a brother-in-law in the stead of a husband who had died, who was, a- who was able to provide. Mm-hmm. I even heard one Old Testament scholar say one time, "Women were typically eight days away from being a prostitute." Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't want to say that in a, in a tongue-in-cheek way. I mean, it's just there's a, there's a level of vulnerability that thankfully we don't experience mm-hmm. in our culture. I just I don't want that to be an ugly filter th- or lens through which we. We see her, yeah. And so, I'm not trying to make a joke when I say she worked in the service industry. She worked in the service industry. There's probably food and housing and maybe some less savory things going on in that as well. Um, and so, but there's nothing about her life or her experience uh, that would. Cause her to intuitively understand what God is up to in the world. And yet, she and everybody else in Jericho had learned what God had done for the Israelites and crossing the Red Sea, how God had blessed them with victory and other miraculous things. And again, I don't know how much of it is her just understanding versus God um, giving her uh, kind of awakening understanding and, and, and faith in her own mind. But she said, mm-hmm. Your Lord. God is God of heaven and earth yeah and he has given you he has given you this this land
0: somehow she recognized that somehow
1: she recognized that somehow she knew maybe there's other things going on that aren't recorded that that led to that nonetheless here is this woman who's outside the covenant community a very different religious background very different lifestyle and when everyone else these are her words are melting in fear mm-hmm she would say that their courage failed. She responded in trust. Mm-hmm. She responded in faith. And I'm inspired by that. I'd kind of like to be more like her. Yeah. You know, and think yeah. about these past two years that that we've, that we've lived through. How many people could we point to, and th- let's don't name names, okay? <laughs> let's set the rules here. We're not going to name names. Are there leaders who you used to really respect and admire and go, they kind of went wackadoo because mm-hmm. of fear. Mm-hmm. They let stress and anxiety crack the armor, mm-hmm. and they didn't necessarily respond as an example of faith. They went with the current of culture when it seemed like everything was a bit chaotic. Mm-hmm. Rahab responded in trust, and she even she even broke alliance with the power structures in her. In her community, and aligned herself with the people who and said, "I'm in. I'm I'm trusting here." Yeah, she put herself. She put her in a vulnerable state. She made herself even more vulnerable as an act of trust. So before I'm inspired you go by that
0: farther with yeah. with any of those ideas, I think this is maybe a good time to just kind of drill down a little bit mm-hmm. more on this concept of looking up. Yeah, and what that means to look up because what you just talked about with her and her response where she's in a position where not only she but everyone around her in her community is literally well not literally as she says she literally says
1: <laughs> <laughs> well now literally means figuratively <laughs> exactly
0: thank you for uh, for helping me out there but yep. that, but that she is saying we're melting with fear yes that's a horrendous place to be in to feel that level of dread and and uh, and fear and yet mm-hmm. she looks up. Mm-hmm. She looks up to the God that uh, these, these men have brought with them and trusts.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I, I talked about this, and, and I think this might be something you want to get into a little bit. It was like, okay, so what's the action plan? What do you do? Like, what's the faith formula here? What are the steps that you take? <laughs> she just said, uh, I'm with you, fellas. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I, I'm being kind to you. Please be kind to me back. I'm trusting that God is going to take care of me. And that you, His people, are going to be kind to me. That's it. Yeah. That's the. It's not like how do. You, that's not a formula you can follow. There's not a. There's not a set of action steps you could take. It's just God. I trust who you are, and I trust your intent, and I'm putting myself in your hands here. I'm asking you. I'm asking you to take care of me. Putting myself in your hands.
0: Well, I appreciate that you said that, because when I heard this message for the first time Mm -hmm. in its uh, nearly completed form at our run-through series uh, last Thursday, Mm -hmm. one of the things that I was feeling as I was listening to this message was I was waiting for that formula to come. Mm -hmm. I was Mm -hmm. waiting for, you know, okay, so when we're dealing with fear, when we're dealing with anxiety or worry— here's what you do to eliminate those feelings or to take that next step or or whatever it would be that would solve those problems. And you appropriately so didn't give that three-step action plan (laughs) for Mm -hmm. eliminating fear. And yet that desire is still there. And uh, I I was glad that you addressed that in the message that there really isn't a satisfying formula Mm -hmm. that would work. There's no one-size-fits-all uh, plan for what to do in mm-hmm. these things, and yet we see principles in Scripture
1: mm-hmm. that
0: point us to to that, and Rahab's story mm-hmm. of acknowledging trust in the one true God mm-hmm. is probably the perfect place to start.
1: Can I risk getting in trouble a little bit?
0: I always enjoy it when you risk getting <laughs> in trouble on a microphone. <laughs> let, me,
1: let, me, let me let me say this. I get it. I get it. If the, there's something inside of you that just says, hey, give me the formula, give me the three steps, I get it. I want it too. Mm-hmm. But that's because, I'm not going to speak for other people, I'll speak for me. It's because there's something inside of me that wants, well, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. I'll figure it Mm -hmm. out. And if that's the route that we take, or if that's the route that I get up and preach, it's just atheism wrapped up in religious ribbons. Ooh, that's good. And I I don't want to be about that. This is something only God can do. I don't want to try and do his job. Mm -hmm. I struggle to do my own job. I'll let him do his job. It's way above my pay grade. Mm-hmm. He's the savior. Mm. He's the Messiah. He's the anointed one. He is the one from whom uh, our help comes from because this is part of the job description. He's the maker of heaven and earth. Mm. So um, that's not on my resume. So
0: drill down a little bit more on looking up. You, you talked about this in the mm-hmm. message somewhat about yeah. when we look up, that it, it means trusting that God is yeah. who he says he is, that God can do what he says he can do.
1: When I what I read about him in his word, that that's true. I'm also trusting his intent. I, 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 I trust promises like Romans eight twenty eight that all things will work together for good. Not that all things are good, and it doesn't mean that he's causing all things, but he will cause all things to work together mm. for good. For those who love him and are called according to his purposes, I trust that God's gonna keep that promise. Mm. And so, the way that I express that I trust that is I don't opt for self reliance. I'm gonna be responsible, I'm gonna obey his commands. One of the greatest ways that I can show that I trust him is obeying his commands. You have kids, I have kids. You don't have to have kids to relate to what I'm going to talk about, but if you've ever been in this experience, it'll really help. Have you ever taught kids how to swim? Yeah. <laughs> right. You will come home with scratches and bruises. <laughs> you know, I love my daughter. Oh, man, I my I love my daughter. Um, it was not easy teaching words. <laughs> <laughs> to, 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 to swim and uh, you know she could probably tell you stories about how I uh, I, I was a little too dangerous when, in snow sledding and so maybe I, I didn't earn all the trust that, <laughs> that, that I wanted but anyway I remember taking her to swim and I would just say I'm not gonna let go mm-hmm. I'm not gonna let go and instead of her squeezing my neck I would hold her her cute little three year old body with my arms extended to just mm-hmm. say just relax I'm not gonna let go and she would She just couldn't do it. She Mm. couldn't do it. And everybody around, and even her looking back at that, just how easy would have been? There's nothing to worry about. I've got you. Just relax and quit flailing. Mm. I'm not going to let go. Mm. That's what it is when we obey. There's a lot of stuff that I can't understand. This feels way too big for me. It feels like you're putting me in something that's overwhelming. And truth be told, if I was alone, it would be overwhelming. What What? metaphorical flailing is, is disobedience and self-reliance. Mm. But obedience is, God, this is your way to do it. I trust your way. And when a lot of things seem crazy and overwhelming and they're bigger than me, I'm still going to walk in your way. Whatever mm. you say to do, that's what I'm going to do. Your approach to money, that's my approach to money. Your approach to forgiveness, that's my approach to forgiveness. Your approach to people who scare me, that's going to be my approach to people who scare mm. I mean, all of it i'm 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 obeying. Mm-hmm. and so that means I'm not going to use feelings of fear, anxiety, recognition of my own vulnerability as a as an off ramp to loving and kindness, to mm-hmm. being loving and kind to other people. I'm not gonna be loving and kind to all other people, especially people, even the people who scare me a little bit, who I feel like are trying to um, exert power over me, okay? Well, I'm gonna be wise and I'm gonna respond appropriately to all of that. but I'm not gonna stop being loving and kind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I feel, When I feel scared, when I feel vulnerable, when I'm anxious, especially when I think people are going to think less of me, I am going to lean in to gospel community and I'm going to be vulnerable. I'm not going to hide behind some status that I need other people to see. I'm going to be real. I'm going to confess how I'm getting it wrong. I'm going to tell them what I'm scared of, and I'm going to let them be my friend and share wisdom and encouragement with me. Mm. That's the kind of stuff we need to do, and maybe we could make that into a formula or our one-two-three step. I don't know, but it's just we're talking about a lifestyle here. We're talking about this is this is what it means to be a Jesus follower. Is I that love is that? that. Helpful?
0: I I I'm still reflecting on this this analogy you've given mm-hmm. of of teaching a little one to swim, and and as, you're talking about the metaphorical flailing, and yeah. I, I'm thinking even just I I can intuit. What it would feel like as that kid when you stop flailing, mm-hmm. you can actually feel mm. the hands and the support of your parent. That's a even powerful better. insight.
1: That's a powerful insight. Mm. When you're flailing around and you're, you don't even recognize how your mom or your dad is holding on, you don't yeah. feel their strength. Yeah. All you do is you feel the flailing that you're mm-hmm. the, the, the machinations of your, of your own um, yeah. fear. My goodness. Yeah, that's awesome
0: yeah well just once you feel that too how much more confidence mm. do you have to be able to take in what's around you yeah to uh to to em- yeah. embrace the situation that you're in when you know you're being held tight
1: and, yeah i love yeah. that that's good yeah yeah let's leave let's leave it with that that's what <laughs> i want people to think about that's good
0: yeah okay sure. what a good thing
1: so there's a lot of stuff here with rahab she's inspiring
0: it's a great story yeah So I'd like to pivot a little bit. Uh, another key aspect of Rahab's story is the way that she protected the spies mm-hmm. that were in her home. That's right. Even to the point of lying to power yeah. and to standing yeah. up to them in order to protect these. Vulnerable you got the men. messenger
1: of the king who's standing there with the authority of the king. He's probably got some dudes with him with some weapons, and she just lies and says they're not here. Yeah, you know, and and they bought it, which tells me she's probably got some experience lying. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she took a risk to protect these guys who were vulnerable because if she turned them in, they would be killed. Mm-hmm. They absolutely would have been killed. Um, but yeah. And so, I wish
0: we had more of the backstory of what kind of conversations they must've had that she felt such loyalty to them and, mm. and a desire to protect them. But maybe, maybe it wasn't that much. That's a
1: great word. She was loyal to, to them and we don't even know how that happened, mm-hmm. but it happened. And it's fascinating, yeah. and whether
0: it was to them or whether it was because she found this trust in mm. their God, and she yeah. was showing the loyalty to God. Either way,
1: uh, it's it, 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 there's there's so much stuff there. But 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 what we're talking about is is that she chose to use the resources and her strengths um, and her courage in that moment to protect men who were who were vulnerable, and you see that all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. I. Uh, I'm not trying to make statements about gender. I'm not trying to make statements about complementarianism or egalitarianism or or, or traditional roles of men and women or, or all of that kind of stuff. I'm just not a big fan of the viewpoint that is that men are the only ones who are supposed to leverage their strength to protect. Mm-hmm. Because clearly God has designed women to do that too, and we see women doing that all all throughout uh, the Old Testament, even Adam being the first one uh, the first one made, and God just let him let him hang there for a while <laughs> and let loneliness develop and to see that he was not enough on his own, that he needed the benefit of another, mm-hmm. that he needed a helper. And by the way, uh, that same word to describe Eve is the same word that God happily uses to describe himself and how he relates to us. So it's a million miles away from anything less than or, or demeaning. And so from the very beginning, part of the design is women using strengths and and the design that God has put into them um, to bring goodness, and we should celebrate that.
0: Well, it's in the very beginning of Jesus' story too, yes. right? Yeah, God sent Jesus to us in the form of the most vulnerable That's right. possible way that any human can be in a newborn baby to be completely physically dependent on his mother. Mm, on another woman. Absolutely. So, yeah, we see it in the beginning of the Bible, in the beginning of history, in the beginning of Jesus' story, too.
1: It's good stuff.
0: So I had a fun experience this last weekend of getting to attend all three services, and I'm not saying that sarcastically. I genuinely do enjoy getting to to attend each service Mm because they each have a little bit of their own flavor. Each service has
1: its own personality.
0: Yeah, and and Saturday night service had a, a... particularly uh, enthusiastic flavor to it, and I don't know if it was just the, the fun of the weekend or the time of day it's or like whatever It's like preaching it was. in the raw, right? <laughs> you
1: never know what you're going to hear from the audience, and it's awesome.
0: There's there's more audience participation yes, on Saturday night yes. than, uh, than either of the Sunday morning services. But it struck me very powerfully then when you got to the point in the message of asking, is it only women and children that are vulnerable? There was at least one, and it might have been a couple of men that yelled out quite audibly, "No, <laughs>
1: no, yeah, they were they were loud." And then, and then when I said, um, you know, talked about, um, you know, when, you know, it's such a good thing for men to use their strength uh, to protect the vulnerabilities of children, women, and other men. Uh, then I said, you know, something very similar. It's a good thing for women to use their strength uh, to protect the vulnerabilities of. Children, men, and, and other women. And one of the dudes shouted out, Facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, it's, uh, but uh, those guys, uh, those guys are men who are keenly aware of their own vulnerabilities, Mm -hmm. and they're discovering God's grace and power in their life. And I don't want to tell their story, but they're here with a a group of guys who are like, I'm at the end of uh, what I'm able to do, and I'm in desperate need of Jesus, and they're experiencing renewal. As a matter of fact, I got to pray with one of those guys recently, and this is a lookup story, and he said, hey, would you just... I don't want to get into the details because I want to... This is his story, not my story to tell, but he had a thing that was out of his hands, um, and he, it was desperate for God to move and I said, let's just pray. And we prayed together, came back the very next week and said, this is how God has answered that. And he was so encouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, and we talked a little bit earlier about there's no three steps. It's not a faith formula. It's just God, we trust you. We don't know how you're going to move, but we believe you're going to keep your promises to act supernaturally in our lives when we need you. And that's a young man who could say, this is how God did that for me. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I love being a part of those stories.
0: It's tremendous. Yeah. Well, I loved that you brought this concept out in a way that didn't feel like it was trying to advance an agenda or any kind of a theological viewpoint, but mm-hmm. rather was challenging all of us to look at this with a balance of the truths of Scripture mm, and yes. to not just overlook how God used this woman. Mm-hmm in her unique position of strength to pre- mm-hmm. protect the men that were vulnerable and uh, and to see that, that this is something that goes both ways with both genders. But well, then
1: she was vulnerable and they turned around and made sure that she was protected. Yeah. It's both. It goes
0: both ways. Yeah. That both genders are mm-hmm. vulnerable, both genders can have strength. Absolutely. And that it's an expression of God's goodness mm. when we can both bring what we have to not only look up, but then to start looking out for others.
1: Yes, Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: That was one of the, the points you were driving when, to. is that Looking, looking up, up always
1: matures into looking out for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and We see that play out in Rahab's own family. Uh, her great-great, who knows how many greats, grandson was a guy named Boaz. And we see that he he um, he was a successful businessman, a landowner, respected leader in his community. And he leveraged all of that to protect those who are vulnerable. We know for sure that he protected the vulnerability of a woman named Ruth and her mother-in-law, Naomi, mm-hmm. uh, who he, would, he married Ruth and, and took care of that, but we also see it play out um, in the broader community. He ensured that those who were economically disadvantaged had food. Um, he would make sure, and, and this is God's law, and he was faithful to keep it, that he did not uh, harvest everything in his fields. He left mm-hmm. extra out there for those in need to come and be able to to get the food that they, they needed. And um, those who look up to God in faith, who trust him, what that matures into is living like him. Mm-hmm. And that always means loving him and loving all others.
0: So. I want to connect some dots, and you can tell me if you think I'm connecting them correctly or or if this is just getting jumbled in my head. But Mm -hmm. earlier in this message, you had talked about the natural tendency that we have often. Instead of looking up, we might choose to look within
1: look and, within for the answers yeah
0: and and that you know for someone who's maybe achievement oriented mm-hmm. or or highly driven that works for a little while at least yeah. until you kind of deplete what you have within yourself or others might choose to look around that's right and either by trying to pull from other people or by mm-hmm. nature of comparison we do that too but eventually there's no person that can uh, can sustain that and that Correct. also is going to fail us mm-hmm. but as we mature in mm-hmm. this this concept of looking up, of trusting God for who He is, of finding our security in Him, mm-hmm. in in stopping the the metaphorical flailing, but yeah. feeling His arms of protection and love and power around us. Mm-hmm. When we look up, then in this concept of, of how that matures into looking out, mm-hmm. do we now have something within us we do. that is not going to be depleted? Mm. And do we have the ability to look out and serve others rather than trying to take from them.
1: Peter loved using Old Testament imagery with people who didn't grow up with the Old Testament. And he described it as a living hope. Mm. We have this living hope in us. And so we don't look within for the answers, but we remember the one who we looked up to, what he has placed within us. Mm-hmm. And now we don't look around for validation from others or even ways to, to scramble for power. We look, if we're looking around, it's to give to, not mm-hmm. to get from. Mm-hmm. So we look up in faith and we remember what the one who we look up to has placed within us. And now we look out for what we can give and what we can share, not what we can get because we're afraid. That's the difference.
0: That's fantastic. All right. What's coming up this weekend? What's the ne- what's, well, uh, up on deck for Look Up?
1: Well, I, was, I don't know when people are listening to this, but uh, this weekend we're taking a break. It's uh, Father's Day weekend, so we're going to have a bit of a Father's Day uh, message. And then uh, believe it or not, uh, there's, a, there's a, a fellow that I'm looking forward to talking to in heaven. I believe this guy is in heaven. You may not agree with me. You may say, no way. There's no way this dude is there. He was a bad dude. I'm convinced he was there.
0: I have no idea what you're talking about. I can't wait to figure it out. Well, you'll
1: have to. It'll be the. It'll be the last weekend in June. We're going to talk about Nebuchadnezzar.
0: All right. Fascinating. Yeah. We'll look forward to that.
1: All right.